This is your Kanabic County Sheriff's Report with Kanabic County Sheriff Brian Smith right here on Q Media's On Demand. Welcome, Brian. Good morning. Thanks for being along. What a beautiful day today, huh? It is gorgeous. I mean, a great week. Really has been, and the dew points have been lower and very comfortable. We did get a little rain, which we needed, and now the Kanabic County Fair is underway. So always excited about that. You know, it's a good time. And we'll get into, in fact, why don't we kind of work in reverse here. Let's start with talking a little bit about the fair, uh, some of the concerns, I guess, along the way, and the need for volunteers. And then we will circle back, and I'll find out about calls to service, because I know people are always interested in that. So, Brian, uh, with the fair underway, so much to look forward to, but it does take reserves. It takes folks to help out. Where are you guys at with that? Do you need some more help, or are you going to be okay? Well, well, we'll be okay, uh, but we could use we could use more, and I, I think uh, we've been working on uh, a plan to make a reserve uh, volunteer drive uh, because okay. we are we are short on volunteers, and we have volunteers that have been putting in years and years and years of service, and their their time is we've been notified that uh, they're done. They're mm-hmm. going to be done soon. So um, we won't have their help coming shortly here. So uh, we do need some, some people that are willing and able to um, fill those shoes. And talk about those shoes. What what do they ultimately end up doing as reserves? Well, primarily um, they come out during special events or um, emergency situations to um, basically assist in any public safety um, endeavors that we have going on. So, you know, we might put, um, like for the, for the fair and the parade, there, there are extra bodies that are per, uh, patrolling the fairgrounds, um, just looking for problem areas, um, being there to help people, um, a lot of times they're the first ones to get notified of a, a lost child mm-hmm. and they, they can, they have a department issued radio and, uh, they're in full uniform and they get in contact with whoever needs to be contacted and, uh, starts a, a search effort or whatever. Uh, they get specialized training in, uh, uh, defensive tactics, um, uh, first aid, you know, we get first aid, first responders certified um, so they can help with medicals. Um, any other training that we can, uh, a lot of search and rescue training, because mm-hmm. that, that's generally one of those those go-tos where we always need more bodies for search and rescue operation. Um, even with our, our staff calling in off-duty people, that's just not enough because those tend to be personnel exhausting right, um, so right. we rely heavily on our reserves to um, be those extra eyes and ears and uh, be able to communicate you know professionally and effectively with the public and and back to the deputies and and help out with those operations and I know we've had so many great ones over the years um, I know your dad and was very close to Jim Cole Jim worked for years doing that, and there's many, yep. many others. That's just one that comes to the top of my 
the top of my head, so to speak. But, I mean, they do so many things, even more simple things, but so needed. So I know when they have the Boston right. Open, for example, and when it would, would cross all those different roadways, the reserves right. would be the guys that would help out guys and gals. No, when I say guys, it's a Minnesota guys. You know, I mean everybody. <laughs> would help right. with, the, right. with the crossings and helping with traffic and those kind of things. And obviously the fair is a great example. I always see those folks out, and they're just kind right. of walking the fairgrounds. I know there was a little, uh, there was a child lost last year for just a short amount of time but still they knew right what to do stepped up could get a hold of the uh, folks in the office there to make announcements and the child was found very quickly but yeah i mean they do a lot of great things and there's a need there yeah and uh, a lot of times it gets overlooked as as to how much they do i mean they're they're always out at uh like the music in the park events Mm -hmm. and uh all the all the classic events um just lots of different things. I can't even remember them all off the top of my head. But uh, you know, it's a it's a pretty active unit. And and when they're not at special events, you know, sometimes they'll come out and um, do ride-alongs with the deputies, or um, even go out on their own. They have a vehicle, one of our older vehicles. Uh, they purchased when it was ready to get cycled out, and um, they have their own patrol vehicle and can go out and do uh, patrols on their own. Okay. So again, an extra set of eyes and ears, that's really a great way of putting it. If somebody's listening and they would be interested in this, best thing, just get a hold of your office there, Brian? Yes, they can, they can get a hold of my office, or uh, Paul Kassenbauer is the reserve captain. Okay. Um, and he can be contacted, um, but certainly um, through my, my administrative offices um, uh, in the courthouse, um, we'll get you started. Okay. That sounds good. Well, let's circle back, as I said, and talk a little bit about calls to service. I know you've mentioned sometimes when the weather gets nicer, unfortunately, the calls to service seem to become more active. So how have things been this past week for you? Well, the numbers um, the numbers aren't really up, but the, the types have kind of shifted. Okay. Um, so we had about 260 calls for service, which has kind of been the, the going number here as of late. Um, we had, we only had eight new arrests, so it's down a little bit. Um, there's, uh, three, three, four warrant, yeah, I guess half of them were warrant arrests, and the other ones were, um, there was a first degree DWI, uh, which is a felony, um, and what else, we had a domestic assault, a couple domestic assaults, uh, both of those were um, kind of extreme because they were felonies, huh. and uh, one new drug arrest. Huh. Okay. So, but our in you know you know looking at the makeup of those 260 calls for service, um, you know our suspicious calls were way up, uh, especially from the week before, and we had a, a significant number of uh, like disorderly conduct, um, unwanted person type calls. Huh. Okay. Um, so those were, you know, and that's kind of rolls into that domestic assault uh, realm. So we had a lot of altercations going on um, throughout the county last week, which is in, kind of goes along with that weather pattern. Mm-hmm. And I always, I mean, from everything, again, me just maybe watching uh, over the over the time period, the calls that seem to be the ones that can be the most volatile and scary, though, I would think, for an officer would be those domestics, because you really just don't know 
what the situation you're going into. Does that is that a pretty good description, Brian? Well, they, they are, and a lot of it, you know, a lot of the calls we go to, we don't really know what you don't we're going know. into. So, true, I mean, there's, that, that, that there's not any difference there. What is different is and they're, it's so emotionally charged. Yeah, that's what I mean to say. Um, yep. y- yeah, and and that tends to uh, can become very volatile, and, um, you know, things don't always happen the way you think they might happen and um they change and evolve very quickly um so um yeah those can be really tough yeah and i know that the deputies you guys are trained over and over how to try to uh just calm everything down and there's a real technique to that and uh, things could always you know escalate certainly but for the most part that training is a, a big help i know yeah, right. it's a good thing. See, yep. now totally switching gears. That's what I'm doing today. I'm just doing 180s. <laughs> it's like you and I are on the road together, and then I go, let's take a big half turn here. Um, right. Here's another one I wanted to ask, and this was actually a listener called in and was wondering. So the situation they had, and this is a property thing, they have a hay field, and they happen to be out. They cut the hay, so it was very noticeable even. Um, somebody had been riding like dirt bikes, on their property, right? And it's kind of what we talk about in the wintertime with snowmobiles. Uh, Same idea, but now it's a summer thing. And so my question to you, and this is what they were wondering, do they need, would putting out signage, obviously, private property, is that the right way to go? Uh, Obviously, you want to let people know that we don't appreciate you just coming and riding your dirt bike on our property without permission, but there is always liability things, too, I understand, that if you don't post it and something happens, whether it would be a dirt bike or somebody hunting on your property, they fall and hurt themselves. You know what I mean? Do you understand some of that, Brian and Kent? If so, can you just explain what the best option for a landowner is? Well, that that liability stuff is, is you know, that's more of a civil nature, and that's sure. really not what Your we do. thing, right. Yeah, but, you know, as far as the trespass laws go, you know, uh, a farm field does, technically does not have to be posted. Okay. Um, that It's in the statute. Um, posting it certainly helps. <clears throat> it certainly makes it much more clear, and there there's certainly no, there would be no doubt or excuse to the trespassers that, yeah, you shouldn't have been on that property without permission. Okay. But by by law, you, you any 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 field that is obviously being farmed um, should does not have to be posted. That's really good to know because I've heard varying things on that, and because I, I know if oftentimes, not always, but farmers will have their fields, and then there might be a wooded section. So the yep. woods can also be a spot where people are like, oh, hey, I'm going to hunt here, or I'm going to walk through here, and then you will right. definitely see the signs posted there. So is there kind of a designation between the field to more of a, a wooded section? Yeah, the the wooded sections, there there is no expectation okay. of, of protection there. So if you don't want people in those types of, of property, then definitely post it. Okay. And you need to post the corners of the property, and then any any access, no, their visible access points should be posted. Okay, so if there would be a spot where, um, 
they've got an easement or something like that is what you're alluding to. Kind of sorta. Yes. Yeah, like a road approach or road something. Approach, or yep. even a trail. If you got a if you got a trail that you use for getting your farm equipment or hunting stuff in, um that and you don't want somebody else in there, then then you should put a don't trespass sign um at the at the start of that trail. Okay. Good to know because they're just like I say, this particular person um, they just wanted to do the right thing, and they weren't sure about the posting part. If they, like you said, it's a good idea on a farm field, but technically they wouldn't have to do that. Correct. Okay, good to know. And this is, I think, a fairly innocent situation. The people that were on the dirt bikes, younger kids, they just maybe didn't understand that you can't just go willy-nilly and ride wherever you want. You know, property is property, and yeah. you need to be yeah. respectful. And, and again, I think, Sometimes, at least certainly in the wintertime, there is some of that, I'm not going to always say it's younger people, but maybe they just don't really get it. You know, they don't understand that people pay taxes, they have property, their fields matter to them. Um, I know in this particular case, they figure there's probably at least two and a half round bales that will not be able to be used now for the second cutting because, you know, and at round well, bales can be, yeah, it's a couple hundred bucks, you know, nowadays with right. the cost of bales. Yeah. So that's, that right. can be upsetting to the landowner, obviously. And they, that's Absolutely. what, you know, so that's why I wanted to ask you about it, Brian. They, they, they yep. actually asked me to ask you about it. So. Yeah. And, you know, to me, that that's the, if, if they know who it is, then mm-hmm. to me, that's a, you have a talk with the the neighbor, the parents. That, I mean, that's a parenting thing. Right. You, you, those parents should be teaching those kids that that's not okay. Right. You don't just go out into somebody's field that you know you don't own that property. Yep. And again, you just don't want them to get hurt too. That's the other thing. I mean, something can happen, and you just feel terrible. You know, there's rocks and there's different things, and it's one right. thing if you own the property and your children are riding on there. That's one right. thing. But right. it's a whole other category when you go where it isn't yours. So yeah, but and <clears throat> that that liability piece. I mean, if if you haven't given them somebody permission and they're they're on your property without permission, that your liability is next to next to nothing. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, you, you don't control that. But if you've you've allowed it and something happens, well, then they're then there is the potential. There you go. And that's a very Not good point. To say you are liable, but the potential would be there. Yep. If you've said, you know, if you haven't done anything or haven't attempted, and then, yeah, it's there's some little splitting hairs there to be aware of right. in these situations. Right. So that's, right. like I say, that's why I knew I could ask you, Brian. Thank you so much for <laughs> doing that, because I know that person is listening this morning and was curious about that. Well, my dear, I want to know, are you and I going to have a date for a pork chop here uh, coming up in the next day or two? Well, you know, we probably should do that. I think that would be lovely. And there's that nice little horseshoe area where all the food and and a lot of the beverages are. Um, I'm going to food court there? Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. I got to get to the pork chop stand because I'm just about out of my pork chop seasoning. And that that's a yep, big problem. Get there then. <laughs> Absolutely. So I got to stop out there and get my pork chop seasoning. And I will look for you. I hope. Uh, I know I've caught up with the last couple fairs, so I'm hoping to, that you and I can catch up. You guys going to be in the parade, Brian? Yes. Okay. We will. Okay. So then you usually take a perusal through afterwards. So if nothing oh, else, yeah, I'll, um, I imagine I will be spending a fair amount of time at the parade or at the fair this year. Good deal. Well, I will look for you and I will bother you. I promise. 
Okay. That sounds good. Brian, as always, it's a pleasure. Thanks for your time today, sir. And uh, like I said, we'll see you at the fair. You've been listening to a Q Media Group production.